Hello, welcome to the You Can Try podcast. I'm Penny Wilkin from You Can Coaching. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people who share my passion for swimming, cycling, running and triathlon, as well as anything in between. This is episode 43, where I talk with longtime triathlete Nigel Dimmock, who has raced at countless age group world championships and European championships and currently races in the 80 to 85 age category. So we talk about all his tips for GB age group racing as well as tips for continuing to train as you get older. Welcome to the podcast Nigel, great to have you on and I'm looking forward to talking to you about triathlon. So do you want to just introduce yourself, tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, where you live? Right. Hi, Penny. Uh, I'm Nigel, and I am nearly 81 years old. Uh, so let's get that over with. Um, okay, so about myself. Well, I was born a long time ago, right at the start of World War II. I always thought it was very irresponsible for my parents to have, a, to have me then, having to live through about five years of World War. Uh, but I don't remember much about it. Anyway, that apart, uh, I lived in, down in deepest Surrey and went to school there, went to university in Liverpool uh, because I was a biologist and I'd always been a biologist or natural history sort of buff. So I went to university to do zoology. Uh, Liverpool was great, never lived in a big city before. It was very poor, but great people, lovely experience. And from there I went uh, to continue my biology at the small end of biology uh, on viruses. And uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very topical. And, 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 and on respiratory viruses as well. And I went to work at the Common Gold Research Unit in Salisbury as a new graduate. And I've stayed working in that field ever since. So five years in Salisbury, then moved to Australia, to Canberra, to the National University, carry on research, but now on flu. Five years there. Meantime, got married, had three children. Uh, and then I needed, because of the family, needed a more permanent job. So got an offer from this funny new university at Warwick. <laughs> Never seen it. Uh, but I'd met the boss and I got a job there as a lecturer. So I came back from Australia to this uh, sea of mud and building, which was the University of Warwick. Uh, it was meant to be a start. You know, I would move on to somewhere better and greater and all the rest of it. But as luck would have it, it turned out to be absolutely superb. And uh, I've stayed there ever since, despite trying to leave. But I couldn't find anywhere better. So what, I worked. Year, what year was that? Oh, that, okay. I moved to Warwick in about 1971. That's before I was born. Yeah, well, there you go. It's trouble with being old. That's what everybody says. <laughs> so I was teaching and doing research on respiratory viruses, mostly flu. Spent 10 years working on HIV when HIV was a, a hot topic. Uh -huh. uh, that was serious stuff because the virus we worked with was, was the virulent virus. Uh, so we worked with that safely, I'm glad to say. And uh, I retired in uh, when I was 60. So, well, I retired from teaching because there was a lot of research I wanted to do. Uh, so they paid me half time and I worked full time as, uh, in research. 
And that led on to a, a totally novel cure for respiratory viruses and led on to a company. And we worked on this up and down, a real roller coaster experience, which I wouldn't wish on anybody. And just as the COVID uh, was coming in, the funders for our company pulled the money. And uh, so the company was no more. So we had this wonderful opportunity uh, for a, a treatment for COVID potentially, which we couldn't move any faster with. Uh, and, and it all lapsed. So what an opportunity lost. Mm. So that was what, two years ago, roughly, I suppose, end of 2019. Um, so we are gradually picking ourselves up and hopefully now looking for more funding for this wonderful new antiviral. It's a wonderful antiviral because it's totally new in concept and it's very broad spectrum. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what the respiratory virus is, it treats it. So, you know, it's worth pursuing. Uh, obviously, we don't know whether it, would, it will be effective in the long run, but uh, we just have to suck it and see. Well, it sounds <coughs> frustrating given the current situation, but hopefully that will have a positive effect on getting funding, will it? Well, you'd hope so. You would hope so. But the business doesn't seem to work like that doesn't seem to have a logic that you do recognize. So you're still keep you're still working then really still keeping your mind uh, busy? I, yeah, less and less, but uh, yeah, and almost nothing for about the last year because uh, we were trying to extract the intellectual property from the from the previous company and they were not playing. So uh, we finally got it so we can, we're beginning to start again and applying to people like the Gates Foundation and so on for, for funding. So yeah, still it's still it's still moving, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll take off and get can get properly. Uh -huh. Well, fascinating. I didn't. I knew a little bit about that. You still did research, and I knew because I'd seen you on BBC television talking oh. about the um, the flu the flu centre. Is that what it was called? The cold yeah. and flu place where the people would go and get infected with cold and flu. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was Salisbury, yeah. Salisbury, right. Yeah, oh, so fascinating. So turning, taking a different subject completely, tell us about triathlon. Tell us when uh, you got started in that, how you got started. Okay, well, I was never, you know, a very successful sporty person. You know, I enjoyed running around and so on, but uh, I wasn't very good. Uh, played a bit of football, a bit of tennis, a bit of squash. And uh, then uh, family came along, so there wasn't much time or energy. Uh, but in about 1980, I went on, I had sabbatical leave in Vancouver, uh, which is a lovely place to be. And while I was there, I noticed there were lots of people running. And I thought, well, I don't think I'd look any more mm, stupid than they do. So I, I started running in about the 1980s, I say. And uh, I continued running and I like running. I did lots of running for about uh, 20 years, going up to a marathon, uh, competed in, well, I only did four marathons. It's really a bit far for me. Uh, and, uh, but lots of, lots of uh, 10Ks, half marathons, 10 miles, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so that was, that was, 
reasonably good. And yeah, I thought I was okay. I wasn't top rate, but uh, you know, in, in uh, roughly in age groups, I, I'd get in top 10 or something like that. But then I got to 60 and, <laughs> and things started to creak a bit. So, hmm, so I thought, you know, maybe I should spread the load. How about triathlon? And uh, I, could, I could run, obviously. Uh, I used to bike a lot when I was a teenager, but I haven't been on a bike since I was 18. And swimming, well, I could swim, but I could only do breaststroke. So I got a bike, that was no problem. Um, and I tried to learn front call. That was one of the most difficult things I've ever tried to do. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I didn't know Penny at that time. Otherwise, it might have been a lot easier. <laughs> Penny eventually straightened me out. But so I, 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 I went, to, you know, I had swimming lessons and whatever. And it was quite funny because the, uh, the neighbors across the road, they, they had a whole bunch of kids, of about five kids under five. And my lesson came after them. So <laughs> there were these, these tiny kids uh, being taught and then me. So uh, yeah, I think they were better at it than I was. But anyway, so eventually I did start to swim very badly. And it did improve very slowly. And so I got into triathlon. Um, First triathlon, first triathlon I did was at East Grinstead. Uh, no particular reason, but it just came up. It was a sprint event. Um, and my wife came and watched. And she said, it was not a good experience because they thought, she and the people around her, thought I was never going to get to the end of the pool <laughs> for, for each lap. And at the end of each lap, I had to stop and get my breath back. Uh, so I totally lost count. And for this sprint triathlon, instead of, instead of doing 400 meters, I did 500 meters, which didn't help. And then I went off on the bike. Uh, yeah, really, once I'd done the swim, that was it, you know, and that was virtually the end of my race. The rest of it was just, you know, just going on for form. Anyway, the bike wasn't so great because going up a hill, lost the gear, didn't get my foot out. And keeled over on the bike. <laughs> Very embarrassing, but fortunately, it was a. I managed to crash out on the grass verge, so no harm was done. But that was that was East Grinstead uh, first triathlon. Hmm. No, uh, the, but the aim was uh, for triathlon. My triathlon career aim was to do a standard distance, uh, and eventually, I I got there. Um, it was quite a while later. Well, it took me three years to get to East Grinstead and then five years to get to Chasewater over at Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, I did that one. So what year, what year did you do your first standard distance? That was 2005. Okay, yeah, I might, I may, maybe I might have been there. I think maybe oh, you joined oh. The triathlon club around about the same time, actually, I think. Yeah, I, I joined I joined the country triathletes fairly early on, and uh, and and they were there was a whole bunch of them there, supporters and so on. Uh, you know, very very noisy people. Uh, very uh, how should we say? 
very forthright in their comments and criticisms or whatever. Like, why aren't you going any faster? <laughs> when I was actually slapping up. Anyway, I, I, did, I did complete the swim, you know, fortunately, that was always a worry, and got round with the rest of it in about three hours. So, uh, yeah, so that was meant to be the end of it. But somehow, somehow I kept going. And, uh, and I'm still doing triathlons. So go, before we talk about your age group racing, tell us a bit about some of the triathlons you've done. Is there one particular one that you can remember being a favourite one? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, you, you remember them all, mostly because of the painful bits. Yes. <laughs> the good bits you don't tend to remember so well. Actually, but uh, all right, then I did, I got on to... Oh, well, what happened was that in my age group, it turned out I was quite competitive once I got going. Uh, and so I was able to qualify for uh, the international triathlon for Europeans to start with. And, and I did one, the first thing, the first one I did was a duathlon for obvious reasons, because my swimming was so awful. Uh, duathlon was the answer. So we went to Hungary. Uh, to do this duathlon, uh, which was notable because I got the most phenomenal cramp on the, on the second run, yeah, which just stopped me in my tracks. And uh, it took me a long time to get moving again. I did get to the end, but uh, that, was, that was my first international experience. But, you know, uh, uh, but moving on, you know, once, you know, gradually improving and all the rest of it, we decided to go to... Uh, to Australia, to the Gold Coast, and uh, A, because, well, basically because I like Australia. Having, having lived there for five years, then uh, it was great to go back, and the Gold Coast was wonderful. And in this, you know, in this, the Gold Coast is a sort of seaside place, you know, lo lots of uh, tourists, holiday makers, and so on. Uh, and uh, this was the World Championships. Uh, and I was part of the British team, and, uh, and, and you know, there were so many 50-metre pools within walking distance. Uh, I think, you know, this, I think there were four or five. Wow. And most of them belonged to high schools. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd ever seen a 50-metre pool at that stage. Wow. But uh, anyway, we, we, so we did this, this event... Uh, Wonderful weather, wonderful organisation. And believe me, not all people can do organisations. The Australians have got it, got it absolutely taped. We did swim in the sea, which in Australia gives you pause for thought as to what, what else you're sharing the water with. But I figured there were so many people making such a, a sort of racking splash or whatever that any other creatures in the sea would keep well out of the way. So we weren't bothered. Uh, so that that was that was that was pretty good. I, you know, I didn't I didn't do that well. I was in the top twenty or something like that. But, uh, yeah, but who could play <laughs> top twenty in the world? Yeah, right. Yes, but yeah, yes. So you tell know, us a tell us a little bit more about the age group racing. So what do you have to do to qualify? So for people that know nothing about it, um, you know, how how do you get onto the World Championship team in your age group, what do you have to do? 
Right, okay. This is all organized by British Triathlon. And uh, there are all sorts of triathlons, duathlons, and they'll give you a list, you know, from, from the, the, the ordinary sprint standard events through to, uh, you know, what do they call it? Cyclocross versions, uh, snow versions, uh, everything you can think of. Aquathon, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, every permutation, combination, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They 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 run the events for, and for each of these events, they have a uh, usually three qualifiers, and you have to sign up for a qualifier. Uh, and you have to, you know, achieve a certain standard within that qualifier. Um, for the for the for the for the standard triathlons, the team in each age group, five-year steps of age of age, uh, they have a team of twenty-five people maximum. Um, when you get up to my end of the market. <laughs> Then there are 25 people <laughs> who, who could get round. So it's not so difficult. Uh, but you know, lower down, the qualification is really tough. I know, I know people from Cop Tri who are you know, seriously good and they're you know they struggle to qualify. So yeah, it, it is it is it is pretty tough, but yeah, one of the benefits of old age is that it gets easier, <laughs> providing you can keep moving. It, 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 um, in the men's age groups, it, it's seriously competitive, isn't it? Even in, in like the 60 age category. Oh, hey, Penny, it's, it's seriously competitive anyway. Well, it is anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, everybody, everybody takes it seriously. It's, uh, but you get people, you know, they're, they're usually a bunch of Americans who, who come over, you know, and so they're, you know, good people. Uh, so... You know, in, in my age group, there's probably, you know, the big meetings like that, the World Championships, there's probably about, there'd be 20, 20 people in the over 70, over 75 or whatever. Oddly enough, the ladies don't, you know, tend to, you know, uh, finish competing at, the, at an earlier age than the men do. Don't quite know why. Because uh, there are obviously a, a lot, a lot of women competing at the at the lower age groups. Yeah, I think there's just less women taking part in sport. So as the age group get numbers get yeah. older, there's just fewer and fewer. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you have to go to a qualifying event. Okay. And, yeah. and you have to. Um, either finish in a set time. It, yeah, you either you either get you either finish in you know get get a, a place in the top three or within a certain percentage of the of, of the winner, and and from that somehow they compute you know twenty five top people who will will go on to who are qualified to compete. If they don't get the twenty five, then they'll drop down through the list until they got their twenty five. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. So how cool. many times have you represented? Yeah, how many times have you been in the team in the GB team? Oh, how many Lordy, world I, championships have you been to, and where were they? Oh, lordy, lordy, I I uh, I don't keep a running total, Penny. Uh, Go on, roughly. I uh, well, I, I've been to, okay. I've done most of the Europeans over the last ten years, say, uh, <laughs> and I have. I'm, I've usually I have 
I had one. Uh, I've all been in the top three several times. Uh, apart from Kitzbühel, where Kitzbühel, as you might imagine, is a bit hilly. And uh, I absolutely creased myself on the bike so that, in fact, it was two laps going up various mountains and whatever. Uh, and on the second lap, I had to stop. I blew so badly, I couldn't continue. <laughs> so I did, I finished the bike, but then I had to run. And that was one of the most painful experiences. I, I think it was probably a combination of fatigue and altitude. And I hadn't, uh, I hadn't uh, adapted to it. And that was, uh, that was, that was uh, one of the most painful experiences. But uh, many of the others were, were, were pretty nice. So can tell us a bit more, what's it like racing for Great Britain in your age group? And if you've got any particular tips, do's and don'ts for people if they're thinking about having a go at it for the first time? Yeah, it's, you know, you know everybody, it's, it's, an, it's a nice occasion, a nice event. Uh, you, you, you need to go uh, sufficiently early, I think, to kind of acclimatise, recover from the journey and so on. Transporting the bike is always a problem. You can take it on a, on a case in a, on the plane with you or you can pay a lot of money and somebody will transport it for you, which is... Uh, Hmm, probably not a bad option actually. And there is a there is a travel company called Nirvana uh, who who will organise your package and look after everything to you know just to, to save hassle. We've used those many times, in fact. And they're, they're, they're very good. So that it is quite expensive. You know, there is there is an entry fee um, which is ooh, in the hundreds low hundreds and then of course you have to you have to you pay for everything else yourself the flights the hotel whatever it is so it's not cheap but you know you go to a nice place and meet some, meet some nice people and run around for a bit so uh, it's quite it's quite fun well yeah and then and the, the british team is huge it's usually the largest by far the largest team uh, you know, of any, uh, and there'll, there'll be hmm, something like 600 people. It's huge. Uh, and so, yeah, a big part of that is, is quite something. And usually the you know, team, there's usually uh, quite often a lot of supporters, and so they support all the Brits and so on. So it's quite, quite uh, it's nice to have uh, that support on the road when you're struggling around. So, You've been doing world championships for like eight or 10 years, you said. So you've been doing triathlon quite a while now. Um, so tell us a little bit about how it's changed since you started doing it or what you've noticed. Oh, I'm not sure it has changed, really. Uh, no, I, I don't think. I think it's, it's pretty much the same as it, it, it always was. There's a bunch, uh, you know, there are obviously a bunch of races throughout the, the triathlon season. Um, I try to, you know, at the beginning of the season, do you know, some you know, easy sprint races, local sprint races, really just to kind of get you know, your racing head on and to, to discover what to do or to remind your legs of what they're meant to be doing and what sort of effort they're meant to be putting in. 
and then going into the, the, uh, the standard distance and, and eventually onto the the, uh, the qualifiers if that's the year you're qualifying for. Because sometimes you qualify the year before. Uh, and uh, so I, I do about a standard distance race every month, you know, for what, six months, I suppose, which would include a European or a world if, 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 uh, if, if I was doing those. And so tell us what's happening to your season and your races and your, your world championships this year. So you didn't get to race them last year. Is that right? No, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year I was... I wasn't, I wasn't going to do the Worlds, but I was meant to be doing the Europeans, but uh, that was all cancelled due to COVID, of course. Uh, but at the end of the end of the year, I, uh, I got to do two sprint events, one, you know, one at Stratford and one up in Shropshire, which was great because I turned 80 last year and I wanted to know whether I could still do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was okay. I mean, there are, they were sprints, and uh, so I haven't, I haven't in my in my in my current age done uh, done a standard. So maybe maybe this year, this year, uh, well, well, if we're if we're hopeful that there will be a European Championship, it's uh, it's now scheduled to be in Valencia, in southern Spain, which sounds nice. Um, so uh, we'll wait and see, probably end of the year, they said, although they haven't declared a date for it uh, as yet. Um, the world's, uh, world's were in the States and I wasn't particularly interested in going to the States again, so oh, I wasn't going to do that. Nice to have you. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's right, that's right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Okay, so so you just turned eighty, um, so you'd be racing in that in that age category this year. So tell us what it's like racing as and training as an older athlete. Um, and most of the time, are you the usually often the oldest person? I mean, what? How does that feel? You know, what what does that yeah feel like? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, Okay, you, you could broaden it out to say, what the heck am I still doing running around doing triathlons? Well, that's what lots of people would think, but you know that's not what I think. And you no, know, most of our know. listeners, my no, listeners don't think that. I, I, you know, I ask myself that, you know, what the hell am I doing? Because uh, it's not easy, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, training is hard work. <laughs> As you get older, it gets harder because you have to train harder to stay in the same place. That's, that's the problem. Um, so I, I basically like training. I think, I think if you're going to do triathlon, yeah, it's probably a truism, but you, you have to like training. Otherwise, it's just purgatory. You can't do it just for the races because the races are... I know they're just a fraction, ten percent or less of, of of the effort that you're putting in. So, training is everything. So, if you don't like training, it is horrible. Uh, but you know, so most of the training, uh, I'm not looking penny in the eye here. <laughs> most of the training I enjoy. Some of it, not so much. But basically, yeah, I like I, I like training. And the thing is that I think if I if you know, once you get to a certain age, if you stop, 
it's going to be very, very difficult to restart. So, and for me, probably I couldn't restart. I, you know, I don't know what other people would be like. So, the, 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 the philosophy is just to keep going. Yeah, one day I shall have to stop. One day something will give up, uh, you know, a knee or an ankle or whatever it is, and I won't be able to run. Uh, then I'll just have to swim. Uh, but, uh, you know, until then, you know, I just keep going the, you know, the best one can. And, uh, and, and if you're training, well, hell, there, are, there are races to do, so you, you just join in. Anyway, you asked about being, uh, yeah, the oldest person. Yes, I'm usually the oldest person. In the UK, there are now, there probably, oh, there was one. Yeah, at, uh, in Shropshire, there was another guy, one, one other over 80 guy uh, who used to beat me, but now I beat him. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think seriously, the, yeah, what, I, what I kind of worries me is becoming a bit of a freak show. Um, you know, you think God, people are saying, oh, well, look, he's, he's as old as that, and he's still doing it. Uh, and that doesn't, you know, I, 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 that doesn't encourage me too much, but I guess you just ignore that. And, uh, and if you enjoy doing it, you do it. Uh, I think that's probably the best attitude. And what about getting slower? I mean, how do you cope with that? So the times that you can do, because you were quite fit and good at triathlon in your, you know, 20 years ago in your 60s and, you know, yeah. running a marathon and a 10K and stuff, you're obviously clearly not going to be as fast now as you were then. I mean, how do you feel about that? Some people couldn't sort of cope with that because, you know, not being yeah. as fast as they were. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, it's really true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I was a runner, yeah, I, I could knock out, you know, six... 6.30 minutes a mile uh, for, for, uh, for, nice. for uh, yeah uh, when I got into triathlon <laughs> by the time it came to the run I could barely move so you know the times were just just you know times didn't mean anything anymore it, it was you know the 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 the, the, the 10k run on, on standard triathlon was you know, felt like the end of a, a full-scale marathon you know you were just hoping to get round uh so uh, yeah this is this is probably me because i, I you know I, I don't think i really have the, the stamina for for that type of event but you know I, hell, I enjoy doing it but you know so speed speed hasn't been a great thing uh, the other thing is, is that the, the courses are all different. So yeah. comparing times is extremely difficult to, to, to do. And, you know, the times for, you know, for a standard race, you know, will vary by, you know, 10 minutes or so or more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could tell you about one, which took me over four hours uh, due to the conditions. Uh, but the conditions do vary a lot, so the times don't make. So, you know, I think I think it's just a matter, you know, now of getting round in the, you know, getting round. You know, it is competitive. You know, I always feel that you you, you want to beat whoever's around you. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that's not my mentality. Um, so you, you do the best you can, but I think the satisfaction is simply in, in completing the course. Um, yeah. yeah. And it sounds 
like you thrive a little bit on the competition but you just like running and cycling and swimming and if you enjoy that process enjoy the training then um the you don't get so obsessed with the times but yeah it, it, it's a good a really good tip about the fact that triathlons are all different and, and running off the bike is different to just running a flat 10k people off regularly lose sight of that and then they come to me and they're really disappointed with their run times yeah, so, yeah good yeah. tip absolutely absolutely yes so yeah, yeah, yeah okay the, the the only thing is to enjoy it you know mind you we're all masochists you have to be to be able to <laughs> but you know, there's great satisfaction in, in doing it, and and I think you know, if you, in a sense, the races and the training feed off each other. The tra the training the training is good. You enjoy enjoy the training, but if you've got a race coming up, then it uh, you know it gives you um, a, you know gives you the edge to want to train harder uh, and train as best you can to really so that the race is so bloody painful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, so yeah, the race is the icing on the cake. You know, you, you've done it all. So okay, let's see what you know. You know, take all the brakes off. You know, let <laughs> let it rip as much as you can, and see and, and see yeah, yeah, see how it goes. So any other tips for people getting a bit older and wanting to carry on doing triathlon? Any any other tips you'd give them? Yeah, that's. That that is difficult, isn't it? Because you know we're all individuals, and we all have uh, you know separate uh, pluses and minuses. Um, obviously, I think yeah, you you have to enjoy it. You have to keep a sense of proportion, and you kind of really have to do as they yeah, as everybody says, have to listen to your body. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, we all have different faults in, in, in what we do in training. I think my biggest fault was, was, was just trying to kill myself. That you, know, you just train so bloody hard, you got so tired, and you think, oh, I'm getting slower, so I'll try even harder. And, uh, uh, and you know, that, that's really bad. So you really have to, to know when, when to back off. I think, you know, you have to, you have to know, you sort of learn to read your body in terms of how much effort you can put into it, when you should put the effort in. And, and, uh, and, and you know, just, just really respond to the body. Now, if you, you know, the, the, the trouble comes with the psychology and the, the psychology says, oh, yeah, I'm too tired, really. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't think I'll go running today. Then you have to decide whether that is just your brain telling you that, or whether your body is telling you that. And if it's your body, then yeah, you should back off. But if it's just you know some strange psychology which is persuading you you don't want to do it, then then okay, you should take yourself out and uh, and probably if it's that, then you know after you've been out ten minutes, you've forgotten about it and uh, and uh, you're just enjoying the run. So it is a matter of learning how you tick, I think. Uh, and if you don't, then you're going to get really injured. We all get injured from time to time, regardless. And I think it's, it's an unfortunate part of training that you know, you, you're trying to improve. So 
unfortunately, every so often you tip over the edge and, and you, you injure something. And then you have to give yourself plenty of time to get it, get it repaired, not rush back into it. And, and, uh, and then hopefully you can, you can get back to full training again. But, you know, you have to, you have to learn about yourself. I think that's, that's the key thing. Whatever it is for you, you have to learn what makes you tick and listen to it. And do you think that you get more injured now you're older or take longer to recover from an injury? Do you notice anything? I mean, that's what they say. As you get yeah. older, it gets harder. But do you notice anything yourself? <laughs> Yes, I, th I, th I, think, I think you do. I think I do uh, you know, get, get injured more easily. Uh, and obviously, you're going to, you're going to you know, as you get older, you're going to build up you know, chronic uh, wear and tear problems. Um, you know, things like arthritis, which are going to impact on, on, on joints and functions. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to keep going, you you basically got to have good good genetics and good luck, I think, and probably not play too much football or rugby early <laughs> on, because otherwise <laughs> you you find you. But you all, you, you um, look after yourself quite well as well, don't you? I mean, you take quite a lot of time to manage your injuries. You see a uh, um, you know, have a massage, see a physio quite regularly, you know, yeah, all the think, foam rolling and things that they suggest, don't you? Do you work yeah. quite hard at it? Yeah, that, that that's right. It, it's difficult to know what you know what you think is common sense and you know uh, and, and what is worth talking about. But um, yeah, I I I went to you know for a long time I've been to a uh, sports massage physio uh, lady who's extremely good, and I and, and you know I really credit her with having kept me going for a very long time, because she would uh, she, uh, she she would find whatever the injury was, but what she was interested in is is in what caused it, not just treating it but, but preventing it occurring again, and, and that was invaluable, and uh, you know. But for her, I probably wouldn't still be uh, in the business. So I, I think you know, you if you're going to if you're going to run, you know, do triathlon, then you know, having somebody, you know, physio, sports massage person, who you can go to, really not, you know, you know, as as a proactive business, not in just treating problems, but you know, preventing problems is the key thing. Because you know, if you're if you're injured, you're just going backwards. You're, you're not you're not training. You're losing fitness, and you know to get back to where you were before takes for takes a huge amount of time. So prevention is everything. Uh, and and uh, if you get you know this this is why overtraining is so silly, because you 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 overtrain and you immediately lose all that all that fitness, and 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 you know, you 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 lose all the benefits you you've been worked so hard to get. So, so really, uh, you know, little is better when it comes to the, the training business. Obviously, you can't do nothing, but but you know, I, I sometimes I think you know, shall I get shall I get shall I you know go for a run or whatever, and I've got as far as virtually getting out of the door, and then I'll say. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's better that I just have a you know a day off 
rather than have yet another run. So, you know, it's worth thinking about, you know, do I really need to do this? It, will it be better to have a rest or will it be better to, to, uh, to go for a run? And certainly if you're having a rest, you're not likely to get injured. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> so um, tell us how, how's your training been going then? So we've not had any races last season. Um, the world has been shut down. Has, has that affected your motivation? Has that affected your ability to train? Or anything, you know. Obviously, we can't swim. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. As as you remember, I did I did a couple of uh, triathlons at the end of last season, uh, but but uh, I yeah no I I did all the all the training. You know, as we as we've been saying, you know, you, you can you know, for a, certainly for a long time you can train because you like training. So I was swimming. You know, I was doing open water swimming over at the the, the quarry near Tamworth. Which, which was which I really liked. It was a lovely place to be, uh, so I, I enjoyed that. So it was a real it's a real pain when when you're not able to do any swimming anywhere. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I've 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 been I've kept going on the biking and you know, according to the weather and all the rest of it or, or turboing indoors. Uh, I have a knee problem, which is probably chronic. Uh, which we picked up probably by overtraining, but uh, uh, last year, uh, which is still grumbling. I can run on it, but I uh, have to be careful, I think. Um, so apart from that, yeah, still still doing it. And any particular <clears throat> goals that you're excited about for this season? Well, it's a bit, yeah, well I'd obviously like to get back into a, you know, a, a full triathlon season. With the with the uh, starters of sprints and uh, hopefully moving on to Olympic distance, though though it's possible in my age and stage that uh, I will you know have to have to uh, give up the Olympic uh, distance and just do the sprints. But we'll we'll have a we'll wait and see about that. Hopefully uh, we'll get to the European Championships, which I hear has been scheduled to be in Valencia, in southern Spain at the end of the year. So I guess that will be the, the highlight, providing uh, everything goes according to plan. Lovely. Thanks very much. Been great talking to you. I always love talking about triathlon. Thanks, Penny. And uh, always, Penny keeps me on the straight and narrow, keeps me, uh, gives me the training programme. So thank you, Penny, for, for all that. That's a new thing, by the way. Uh, it's been going about a year. So, yeah, we're, we're, it's a new venture and uh, I'm enjoying it. So go on, uh, just before we finish, tell us a little bit about that. So you've been doing triathlon for, you know, 10 years or so. Oh, yeah. And you started working with me about a year ago. So yeah. well, first of all, what prompted you to think that you could benefit from working with a coach? Well, I, I, I've thought about working with a coach for, for a long time. Uh, the thing which always put me off was that because I, I was much older than your average person, I was... I was really concerned that the coach would try and treat me like a, a, a you know a 20 30 year old and obviously I could I couldn't uh, I couldn't deal with that but having talked to you to Penny uh, is, you know we, we we you know we seem to be on the same wavelength uh, you know making allowances for ages and stages and so on and uh, so yeah I decided to give it a go and uh, so it's been going for a year and uh, yeah, doing all sorts of exciting things which I never thought I'd be doing. 
Okay, right. So just the extra variety in different sessions has helped. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think the, the object was I would like to, you know, to do really well at a, at a world championships uh, sometime in the future. Yeah, so now we've got it out of you. You're <laughs> going to be my first world champion. Yeah, well, yeah, well that, would be, that would be something. But yeah, even, even at this great age, there are a lot of, there are yeah, quite a lot of competitive, very competent, very talented people still competing. So it's not a pushover. It's not a pushover. So that's why we're still going to keep training. Indeed. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much. I think that's a great note to end on. Great. Thank you, Betty. That's it, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. We hope you found some of that useful and we'll look forward to you joining us on next week's episode. <laughs>